Welcome to Startup Cultures and the New Leader. This podcast gives you tools to effectively lead your team, build your culture, and scale your company successfully. I'm Jason Gore, a leadership coach and partner at Newberg Gore & Associates. We're a leadership coaching firm that specializes in startups. And this podcast funnels all of the challenges we have seen startups face into bite-sized leadership tools that you could use immediately. Hi, this is Jason Gore. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about how to lead effective meetings. It is amazing how much resource gets put into meetings. I mean, frankly, when you are a vice president or leading an organization, it feels like all of your time is spent in meetings. It's like there's no time to actually do work because all we're doing is running from meeting to meeting to meeting. And when we look at the level of ineffectiveness of those meetings is actually shocking because most meetings are relatively worthless. Uh, some meetings produce results, but the amount of time and inefficiency is really mind-boggling, especially given how much time we do spend in meetings. So it's super important to learn the art of leading meetings. And it is truly an art. Everybody has their own styles, their own ways, and their own processes. But we need to really step back and look at how can we lead effective meetings. In this podcast, I'm going to be using the FUEL model, F-U-E-L, FUEL, to talk about how to structure meetings overall. FUEL stands for framing the conversation, understanding each other's worlds, exploring options, and then leading a commitment loop. So to frame, understand, explore, and then lead. Let's jump in. So framing is probably one of the most important parts of a conversation, of a meeting. And when I talk about a meeting, it might be several conversations in one meeting, and we want to frame each conversation uniquely and separately, or we might just have one a meeting that has one whole conversation and we're just framing that. So when I talk about meetings in this podcast, I'm really going to be talking about one specific conversation, and we'll just go through the the cycle and the fuel model for one conversation, which then might be repeated several times given inside of one meeting. Okay, so ideally, we frame the conversation before the meeting actually begins, right? What are we talking about and what are we trying to accomplish? Most meetings, all we focus on is the topic and we don't actually take the time to name what is the objective. Are we here just to explore some ideas or are we here to make a decision what are we trying to accomplish? I really like using the football, American football metaphor to talk about what we want to accomplish. You know, when we look at a, one play in American football, what we're trying to do is move the ball down the field. We're not trying to throw a Hail Mary pass every time and win it, win, get to a, uh, the end zone, get to, get to a touchdown or, or get to a field goal range. We're just trying to move the ball down the field. This is especially true in startups when there are a lot of moving parts and we don't really know what the future looks like. We're kind of jumping from lily pad to lily pad and we figure out, hey, where are we going? We jump there. We look at what the world looks like from there and then we make some new decisions from that perspective. And knowing what we're doing inside of a meeting is super important. What are we trying to accomplish to move the ball down the field? That I call the objective. And that's super important to frame the conversation so that everybody knows what's on point and what's a rabbit hole. 
Inside of a given topic, there are so many interesting, relevant, strategic, and important things to talk about, but they might not be what's required to move the football down the field. And so we really want to narrow the conversation into what are we trying to accomplish in this meeting and be explicit about it. We need to name it. We need to put it on paper or at least be explicit about it at the beginning of the conversation and get alignment on what we're trying to accomplish here, right? Without that, no one really knows how to listen or how to interject. And certainly it can't be facilitated so that we keep it on point because people don't know what on point looks like. So it's super important to take the time to frame the conversation with an objective. It's also nice to actually have a facilitator to assign one person, and that might be the person who's leading the conversation or is the decision owner, but to assign one person in the room to actually facilitate and help the group stay on point. And all that facilitator has to do is just keep their eye on on the game and say, what are we here to accomplish? And ask the question when we get into the weeds, hey guys, are we on point here? Is this moving the ball down the field? And the facilitator might not know, right? All they have to do is when it feels like we're wobbling in an area that isn't going anywhere or isn't absolutely necessary um, to name it so that the group can decide whether it's an important tangent or not, right? So in framing the conversation, it's really just what's being decided. And also it's important to name what has already been decided. So if something's off the table, right, or there's some background that people need to know to get them up to speed so that they're really clear where we are and where we're going. The other part about framing is inclusion, is to discuss in advance, um, to make this decision, who needs to be involved? If the people that are not there to make the decision, who needs to be consulted after that meeting to get more input? And oftentimes, that's all we're doing in a meeting, is figuring out, okay, guys, this is now our first idea, and we now need to get more input, and I'll come back to you with a proposal. And the other thing to do in framing the conversation is think in advance who needs to be informed once we do make this decision, right? Thinking about who else needs to be involved here. In any meeting, right, there's going to be some action that comes out of the meeting. And knowing who needs to be included in that conversation, especially as startups get larger and functional areas get get bigger, the areas that are difficult and where collaboration fails is usually between teams or between departments. They become siloed and kind of insular as an organization grows. And so we need to be constantly be thinking about what are the departments or areas or processes that are impacted and make sure that those people are informed. Uh, If if meetings are happening about um, an area that actually has high impact to someone's group and they're not involved, generally that results in upset. So even if the meeting's happening and we don't, we're not inviting them to keep the meeting small, right? Then we want to inform those folks that, hey, this meeting happened and we're going to keep you abreast of what's going on. In the military, a lot of conversations begin with who does not need to be here. Now, they're trying to prioritize some confidentiality issues, but in a startup, we're trying to prioritize the amount of resources, right? And limit the amount of resources that are being taken up in meetings. So it's really nice to ask the, ask the question of like, does everybody need to be here for this? If this is what we're trying to accomplish. And if all we're doing is brainstorming ideas right now, maybe not everybody needs to be there and they could be, you know, consulted after the meeting when there's kind of a lot of ideas that already got sh- kind of shaken out. So when we begin, we want to kind of frame the conversation and 
We generally don't do that, especially in Western culture. We're so focused on the result that we don't take the time to set up the process for success. So at this point in the meeting, right, ideally a lot of this gets done in advance, but before we actually get into the content of the conversation, we just want to check in with the group to agree on the objective, right, and agree on how the decision will be made in advance, right, and then let's jump into the content. And when we jump into the content, it's there's a big piece of just making sure everybody's understood, you know, and whether you're presenting an idea or whether you're just brainstorming, getting people's feedback is super important to create alignment later on. So if I'm presenting a solution that I really want feedback on or I really want actually to get a clear decision and I want alignment around my proposal, then it's best to start that process by saying, hey guys, coming out of this meeting, I really want the go-ahead. I want the thumbs up on this. And so during this meeting, I really want to hear what's going on for you and anything that would get in the way of you you know, implementing this or getting in the way of me going ahead and, and doing this and making this call. So when we get into the next part of the fuel model, the understand part, no matter what, we really want to make sure everybody's understood and try not to get defensive. So if someone is comes at you and say, well, that will never work, right? Instead of saying, yes, it will, to stop, take a breath, right? And not get defensive, to center ourselves and say, what's on your mind? What's going on? What are you concerned about? And if we're watching a meeting you know, or we're in a, in a room and there's a dialogue happening and someone's not understood, everyone should take the responsibility to jump in and say, hey, I don't think you've understood what Jeff's point is. Could we just take a little bit of time to dive a little bit deeper into what Jeff, Jeff is saying, right? Understanding each other's worlds is about being curious, right? Digging for underlying interests and priorities, staying curious, really seeing dissent as an opportunity to learn. And especially, once again, as organizations grow, we need to stay connected with each other. So if there's dissent, it's an opportunity to learn about one of your colleagues and their department and how they see the world. The only way we could really know if we heard someone is if we paraphrase back, especially if it's a dissenting opinion, right? So try to empathize with their perspective, digest, and to to make sure that you are getting it, and then paraphrase back what you're hearing, right? So that you know that you fully understand the other person. Okay, at this point in the meeting, it's time to kind of start to explore options. Once everybody has gotten their ideas on the table, let's look at what we can do. What are the next steps? How are we going to move the football down the field, right? And brainstorming, generally speaking, is not done, right? We tend to put proposals out as if, hey, guys, what if we do this, right? And then getting a bunch of input on that, a new proposal gets put on the table, right? We get a lot of input on that, and we finally kind of hone in on the best way forward. A better way to do that is simply to explore options and brainstorm. Take three or four minutes to really look at the big picture and say, okay, what are all the ways that we could move forward? And just get a list. And then cherry pick from that list, what are the ways that we're going to move forward? And this leads to leading the commitment loop. At the end of the day, most meetings are about taking action, right? Who is going to be doing what by when? And getting absolutely clear on what the next steps are coming out of a conversation is truly where the rubber meets the road. This is where the meeting becomes either ineffective or effective. 
Uh, and we tend not to actually just dot the I's and cross the T's here. Let me give you an example of an ineffective conversation. So let's say that there's a big discussion about what functionality is going to be included in an upcoming release. And marketing really wants some core functionality because they got a major marketing launch and push and they want a bunch of things ready for that. Whereas the engineering group is basically saying, wow, we don't know if we could be ready and have this thing work without a lot of bugs. And there's this big conversation. They finally get to the agreement that of what functionality is going to be included and what's not and kind of the general timeline. And they all walk away from that meeting thinking that they're clear, but actually they're not, right? It's important to step back and say, okay, how can we cross the T's and dot the I's here? And maybe it's just another meeting. Let's get together and actually just look through the list of functionality and make sure that we're fully on board here. And maybe it's about taking some of those items and saying, these are our optional. We're going to try to include them, but we're not sure. But really to get to this place of total agreement, oftentimes we get so frustrated by how long it takes to get conversations to this place of alignment that we don't take the final steps of really solidifying it and making sure there's full alignment. So it's super important to just decide and fully align on clear next steps. Who is doing what and by when? And this is where it's really important just to, to document the agreements. So many times, especially with executives, we feel like we're all smart people. We all have good memories. We all manage our groups. And we feel like we've come to an agreement and are clear on next steps, but they don't get documented. And that is a sore point because oftentimes people's memories fade, right? We go right from that meeting into another meeting. Memory is consistently unreliable. We remember what we want to remember, right? We know by research that we cannot remember things exactly as they were said or were agreed upon. So we need to write these things down to keep the commitments alive. If we want to have a meeting be effective, we need to know going out of the meeting what's happening. You know, because if one side of the scrimmage line feels like one thing is happening and the right side thinks that we're in a different play, all of a sudden there's a lot of tension and problems that can exist just a week or two later where it's like, wow, we talked about this, we got agreement and nothing happened, right? And also we're just really busy. So by making sure that we document the next steps, who is agreeing to what, and by when they're going to complete it, right? that really helps us. And if that's documented also, um, it makes it very easy to follow up, to, to see what's going on. Even in a one-on-one conversation, I basically end every meeting by typing up an email and looking at who is doing what by when, And if it's just one other person I'm meeting with, I just literally pull up my laptop in the middle of the meeting, I type up an email to them and say, hey, this is what we agreed upon. Now, of course, the IT department has Asana or Trello or other tracking systems, but most executives don't use those tracking systems. And so a simple Google sheet that just outlines all the agreements that are made, especially in a conversation where there's more than three people and we really need to be clear about what's happening, um, it really, really helps to make sure that those commitments are clear and that they stay in existence. Generally speaking, when you ask the question of who's doing what by when, you're you're gonna see people's frame change where it becomes real. And all of a sudden they'll say, wow, I didn't realize that you wanted this next week. Or, whoa, I can't fit that in as soon as you wanted that. When that conversation becomes real, 
that's when we know that the rubber is meeting the road, right? So to pull out a spreadsheet or pull out some sort of tracking system in the meeting and keep a, a log of the commitments is super essential to, to run a meeting. Frankly, that's oftentimes why we're there in the first place. Even if we're just there for a decision and the decision is made, then we need to figure out what the next steps are. Coming out of that meeting, we want to keep those commitments alive, right? And check in and make sure that those commitments are happening and support other people in, in winning. If an executive team meets again and those commitments are not met, we want to talk about it. Hey guys, I promised I'd have this done. It has not gotten done. We need to talk about how to rejigger the schedule because I didn't meet my commitments. We'll talk about that in, in delegation, another podcast about what happens if that's a consistent theme. But generally speaking, what we want to do is constantly renegotiate our commitments if they're not going to be met so that everybody leaves the meeting feeling like we're clear in what's happening. And that will just consistently move the ball down the field, play by play by play, right? And allows us to move forward rather than constantly reiterating or bringing things up over and over again. I want to say a couple other things before we conclude this podcast. First of all, all of this can be accomplished with one spreadsheet. I, I personally use a Google Doc that has eight columns, right? And those columns are in three sections. What are we talking about? Who needs to be included? And the accountability, who's doing what by when, right? So there's three sections. The first section of the what is the general topic, the objective, and then the facilitator that we assign to keep us on track. Right, three columns. On the inclusion, the second set of columns, there's three columns. There's um, who is owning this, this decision. It's really nice to know who's making the decision at the end of the day and who's driving this project. Who needs to be consulted? Who is not in the meeting that really we need to talk to to make sure that their input is part of the decision or part of the conversation? And finally, who needs to be informed after this decision is made so that we're clear on keeping everybody aligned and up to date on what's impacting their department. The last two columns are who is doing what, and then finally, by when. This is, the, in my opinion, one of the most important columns. Nailing the by when makes everybody really think through their, the commitments they're making and solidify that they are committing to that. You know, oftentimes someone will say, yeah, I'll take care of that, but without the by when... We really don't know when it's going to get taken care of. And so it's kind of a pseudo commitment. It's not even really a commitment. Okay, the last thing I want to say about effective meetings is to spread the responsibility of facilitating them. If the CEO is in the room, that does not mean that the CEO is facilitating. Ideally, everybody's facilitating their areas. And the art of facilitation is getting improved. And in fact, you could even talk about it and give that person feedback about what they could have done better. When you look at meeting facilitation, like everything in an organization, whatever is happening at the executive level is getting modeled and passed to all levels of the organization. So if the executive team is not running effective meetings, right, then generally speaking, the team leaders are not going to be running effective meetings. And so to really tighten up the executive team meetings, right, is a time to practice in almost kind of this a safe container where you're all peers so that people can then go and run effective meetings in their departments and teach their direct reports how to run effective meetings. So if you really want 
to be a good meeting leader, you need to practice and you need to get feedback, right? To be very intentional about making a commitment to being as, as efficient as possible while also making sure you're inclusive and really taking the time to frame the conversation, to make sure everybody's understood, to explore options rather than just pushing one option and then get absolutely clear on who is doing what by when so that you could really lead a commitment loop. I was once told that what an effective and powerful leader does is simply manage the commitments in an organization effectively. And that the more you can manage the commitments, the bigger the promise you can make. And that when you look at how a company actually gets stuff done, all it is is a network of commitments that are fulfilled. That the ability or the execution capability of an organization is simply a function of making commitments and executing on those commitments. Now, if the strategy is off, okay, well, we get a problem. But from an execution perspective, it's really how meetings are run that creates the whole foundation for effective execution. So to take the time and learn how to run effective meetings and practice and talk about it, right, is very important as an organization grows. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I also encourage you to listen to the one on delegation, which has a lot more details around a lot of aspects of effectively delegating.